I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha. And this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror ah, through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. I felt like I needed a scream today, so I screamed. <laughs> Y'all just need a little scream, scram. A little scream, scram, scrum. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> well, lots of screams happening on this episode because we are talking about the 2015 American Found footage horror film Hell House LLC. Tony. Whoa, shit, dude. What's up, man? What are you looking at? Holy fuck. Got me, man. (laughs) All right, weirdo. Let me know when you want to get back to work down there. Ooh, houses are scary. You know, what's actually scary is the housing market, but that's a whole nother podcast. (laughs) 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 Only because I really want to buy a house. Ugh, the struggle Mm -hmm. of millennials. All right, Mm -hmm. so Hell House LLC was written and directed by Stephen Cognetti, and it stars one Ryan Jennifer Jones, Danny Bellini, Gore Abrams, what a name, Jared Hacker, Adam Schneider, and Alice... Um, balk and obviously heavy spoilers for this this is the first installment in the chain of three if i'm correct are there three yes mm-hmm. yeah there are three and and shutter's making a fourth one i think oh beautiful gowns mm-hmm. well very excited to watch uh the the other ones so obviously heavy spoilers for this one we might even talk about the second one maybe um so just be aware of that and jamie please give us all the trigger warnings Woo woo! the word hell is in the name so you Ew. know it's gonna be scary he double hockey sticks oh my um, god <laughs> So much hockey. <laughs> yeah. Should we have called it Heck House? I don't think it packs the same punch. I don't think uh, so. Aw, oh, heck. Oh, Going to heck. heck House, y'all. <laughs> uh, so this movie is about a haunted house. Um, it also features a lot of, like, supernatural elements. Uh, it also references a satanic cult. Um, and... There is some some insides on the outside, um, mm-hmm. some a, a lot of like self harm uh, that people find their ways into um, via possession. There's, there's like possession. Yeah, uh, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely. Flashing um, lights. Did you say that? Like strobe? No, but there is strobe lights in this movie. There's a there's a whole there's like two whole. There, I guess three sequences with strobe lights um Mm -hmm. so definitely if you have any kind of like visual um sensitivity or photosensitivity you know be forewarned uh but yeah there is a death by hanging there is a death Mm -hmm. by throat slicing um 
there is a death by choking, uh, strangling, strangulation. Is that mm, mm-hmm. what happens at the end? I'm trying to remember. Uh, it, it was kind of felt like a headbutt moment. I don't mm. know, but we'll we'll but discuss it. There's there are some deaths. There are several deaths that happen and in clowns. This Fuck clowns. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I do Fucking not. Clowns. I don't high, like clowns. High clown triggers. High clown triggers. Not, yeah. I don't want to say like, hello to them. I meant like there's a lot of them. Yeah. If you were not fond of, uh, what was it, 2016 when clowns were just walking around in doing scary things, uh, then this will be scary. But you know what's funny? Any other clown, I'm like, yeah, fuck this shit. But Pennywise is my guy for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it's he's his face. He's not super scary. Yeah. I, uh, okay. Because okay, he's okay. CG. That's why he's not scary. Yes, that's right. Ah, that's controversial an excellent opinion. point. <laughs> I think that the if we're talking clowns, the CG in it actually takes it down a level for me in terms of actually being scary. Even even though assessment. the sequences are really well made and edited mm. and whatnot, the second that it doesn't look real, that is the second I, I totally am thrown out of that. I think I've said that on this podcast before, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will agree, especially in the second part or chapter two, there was a whole lot of CGI that was going on that mm-hmm. really um, kind of took away from a lot of it. Sure, sure. Yeah. But... That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about haunted yeah. houses right. Right. and sorry. real people in clown costumes doing some crazy fucked up shit. So mm-hmm. if that's not your vibe, this movie might not be for you. So before we get into all the things, producer Brian, do you have some words for us? Sure. We have plenty of words for you. Um, the first word that we have is that um, you can follow us wherever you are on social media at Talk Horror Pod. We're on X Twitter. We're on the app called TikTok. We're on Instagram. <laughs> you can find us on all those different places. Um, we were I'm also trying to get us on No Space. That's no the new space. one that I just heard about. Okay, uh, that? that feels kind of like MySpace. But I, I just tried to sign up, and I'm like at at 200. Like you're, they were like you're 231 thousandth on the list. But if you invite a friend, you move up. So I was like, oh, gotta send this to producer Brian. Yes, I That's signed so up. Wild. I did, but I, I didn't sign send it to anybody else. Mm. Um, but uh, so I'm still like one millionth on the list. However, <laughs> however. Um, yeah, you can absolutely find us in all those places. Um, uh, next week is Halloween. If you're listening to this when it comes out, if you're not, then uh, Halloween was yesterday or Halloween's in three <laughs> months or Halloween was six <laughs> months ago. Halloween or, oh is my gosh. every day. Halloween is every day. So happy this Halloween. Is Halloween. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, getting excited for Halloween. Um, um, and then the last thing I'll say is that Jamie and I were featured on an episode of the um, Best Picture cast. Every year they do a draft for horror movies uh, during um, October, uh, voting on X. I believe the voting is still going on if you're listening to this when it was aired. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, we also break down all the horror movies that were picked in the draft in that episode. Um, so I'll link it in the description below. But, um, yeah, check out Best uh, Best Picture Cast there. Um, cool. That's all. Thank you so much. Have a lovely and vote. Well, 
for those. And vote. So that we win. Yeah, and vote. If, if, if ours have made it to this point, when you are listening to this, vote for it. We we picked host 2020. Uh, uh, 2020. 2020. Uh, we picked the ring. Oh, the ring's already eliminated. And we the third one we picked was Rosemary's Baby. So vote for us. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah, it's so wild. Every year around this time, they also do the list of the most scariest movies according to, like, your heart, people's heart rates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And stuff. I believe some of those... Um, we're, we're on that yeah. list. Last I checked, Host, host was number yeah. one. Mm, yeah. Number Did we one. do Host number on this? One. No. Mm-mm. Oh, we, we should. should. Have you seen it, Ahisha? No, I haven't. <laughs> oh, then we, ha- we got to do it. We got to do it. We're doing Host. We're doing, <laughs> we're doing Host. host. <laughs> <laughs> I'll add it to Just the list. Jamie fighting for it uh, in the background. I am obsessed. So good. <laughs> Fantastical. Okay, well, guys, have you watched anything new? I know that I have um, watched a couple. Of what did you things. watch? So, Amazon Prime. They got totally killer out there. Oh, you Ooh. watched? Oh, cool. Yes. I had a great time watching it. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because we've been watching kind of 80s movies and such, but I really enjoyed the 80s slasher aesthetic of this. I thought it was fun. I thought it was cheeky. I thought, you know, it was well written to just talk about not only what was going on in the 80s at the time with like slashers and then also like the movies that were coming out and kind of like a little bit of the panic within the town, but. Also, it references, you know, like how uh, racist, you know, people still were kind of in the 80s and like referencing how um, uh, people were being treated poorly, you know, in different social circles and the whole teenager group clicks thing of the popular girls and the nerds and all that stuff like that, you know. And um, so I thought it was uh, really fun of just a... A watch with different eyes of 2023, but you know what was actually mm-hmm. going on in the 80s. So I had a fun time. And um, so you'd say that Totally Killer was Totally Killer. Totally mm. Killer, tubular dude, loved it. Yeah, it's very high on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Michelangelo. Um, it's, <laughs> it's very high on our list. However, we just haven't gotten to it yet. So I'm really happy to hear that you enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a it's a fun whodunit, you know. It's like teen angsty, but horror elements, and of mm-hmm. course, our lovely actress that plays Sabrina in the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix is the lead in it. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was a it was a fun time. I know. Was her name all... Kieran Shirpa? Mm-hmm. Say it again. For Mad Men, Kieran Shirpa yeah. or whatever her name is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm like terrible with like people's actual You're like, names. It's Sabrina. It's Sabrina, guys. <laughs> Also, from like Sabrina's best friend is in the show Gen V, which is a spinoff of The Boys, and that mm-hmm. show is fantastic. Oh, yeah. it, her cousin, right? From Sabrina. Did you watch Sabrina? Yeah, I watched Sabrina. Yeah. Okay. Her the cousin her and cousin. her best friend. Oh, both of them are in it? Both of them are in it, yes. Ooh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Somebody knows the casting director. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and the the best thing, y'all, I'm like halfway done with the fall of the House of Usher. All right, oh, so, man. So we were at New York City Comic Con for the past couple of days. So we're recording this just after Comic Con. Um, so we only have watched the first two episodes of the fall of the House of Usher. Um, so we're. But I we're, like need it. I need it so badly. 
I need yeah. more. Yes. We're going to watch it. Uh, we're going to watch more tonight after we finish recording this. Same. Um, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, so far so good. What episode are you on? Five out of eight, oh, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll do we'll we'll do an episode on it, obviously, and we'll do we'll do an episode on it. For those of you listening, we'll do an episode on it, and we'll like our midnight mass episode. We'll break it down episode by episode. So if you can remember what happens in each episode, like we'll 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 do it that way again. But uh, yeah, definitely. It's excellent, and just how Mike Flanagan directs his directing is unreal. I mean, you can tell in the first two episodes, like just everything about it is. Uh, it's so entertaining, not only just the acting, but mm-hmm. just the the setup of everything, the cinematography. Like, it's it's wonderful. So I'm excited to see uh, how it ends. But we all have watched Saw X and The Exorcist. We don't have to talk about it because those are a little, little we, but. No, we, oh, haven't, we haven't seen, seen the Exorcist, Exorcist Believer. Oh, I, oh you, you said you weren't going to. Okay. I mean, we at will. At least at the time. We'll, yeah. we'll get to yeah. it eventually. <laughs> we'll get it. I mean, we were busy. Then we had Comic-Con, and it was just like, yeah. I, I, that was what, and once the reviews came out, we were like, we're going to have to wait on this one. We for prioritize sure. other stuff for sure. But yes, we did see Saw X. Mm-hmm. Lovely time. It's Saw, you know? You're, you get what you, what you get uh, out mm-hmm. of it, so it was a fun time. But y'all, sorry, go ahead. No, we really, really liked Saw X. Um, man, they what a bummer! They made such a mistake killing him off in the third one. Be, spoiler alert! Right. For Saw, I guess. Um, oh my god! Wait, did we talk about the four DX? No, we we have to talk about that. Oh please, that's right. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I want to talk about that. We actually liked the movie first. Yes. I yes. thought we hate. I know for a fact this group hated Spiral, and yes. even mm-hmm. saw um, saw eight. Um, no, no, the three D saw one? seven. Saw 7 is awful, mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. final chapter or whatever it is. I forget what it's Ugh. called. And then I, w- Jamie and I have never seen Jigsaw. Um, that's the last Same. one we have to watch. Mm-hmm. But, um, man, like I've just had such a bummer of a time with uh, Saw, like the most recent Saws. This one yes. felt really much like one of the original ones. I'm glad that it fits between 1 and 2. Like I just want more John Kramer and stuff like that. And, and I, we just had a great time. But... We did see it in 4DX. So we saw four <laughs> saw 4DX. It oh was wild. God. Yeah. It was wild. And I don't know why. This was our first time ever seeing a 4DX movie. No. Oh, I don't oh, know okay. why I was like, yeah, this will be totally fine. Meanwhile, as an aside, I found I I have like some mild motion sickness that I found out is really exacerbated on like you know those 4D rides at, like, Universal Studios yep. where you're, like, watching a big screen and, like, it's, yep. like, oh, for YouTube. Hi, YouTube. <laughs> uh, if you are watching, then you saw me emulate one of those rides. Yes. Um, and those rides, like, really fucked me up when we went on them. I don't know why I thought this experience would be different from that. It is not. It is like that. The same, uh, yeah. So that's a warning for those of you that do experience motion sickness for DX might not be for you. Um, each kill, the seat was like really jumping and jiving, oh. like the traps. Uh, they were pumping in smells. They were shooting okay. air in the back of your head. Uh, we got stabbed in the back a few times. Um, it was oh. it was wild. It was just like 
there was a moment where I was like, oh no. We we were watching, it was it was a trailer. It was a trailer for another movie that they because it's like all action. The, the creator. Yeah. Mm. It's a lot of action movies that they would like turn into 4DX. And that trailer, it was the last trailer before the movie started. And I just mm-hmm. like turned to Brian and I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to sit through this whole movie. Uh, like there's a possibility that I might like have to leave. Yeah. Um, and I sat very uncomfortably for the entirety of that movie. Um, Cause I couldn't like fully lean back. I was like, I'm going to throw up. Uh, but I did stick Yikes. it out and I still liked the movie despite being stabbed and jerked around for however long it was. I still really enjoyed it. <laughs> so I loved the 4DX. Um, what my was your favorite, favorite moment? Oh, yeah. My go favorite ahead. <laughs> moment of 4DX is watching people come late and try to sit in their moving seats. Oh, no. <laughs> That's my favorite part of 4DX. Like, there's no stra- – you're not, like, strapped in – Right. There's nobody, there's no one, it's not like, it's not like you're at Universal. So nobody is like escorting you to this chair. This chair is just like moving around actively while you're watching a movie and people with their like popcorn and chicken fingers and drinks are trying to like step into it. And we walked past uh, like somebody who worked there and he made a comment. He was like, if people like lose all their ice, it's all their popcorn. Are we going to have to like get them more? Like (laughs) just bringing their full tubs into a movie that's going to like jostle all their food out of their lap. Yeah. No, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I thought uh, my favorite part was the air. Um, in the uh, spoiler alerts for Saw X, there's a moment where they're like breaking someone's fingers. Um, favorite part, and the every time they break a finger, the air get would like get <laughs> would, like pumped into your head Shoot in the back of like your head. their head. That was crazy. Also, in that scene where um, she gets hit with the stall door and then falls backwards, um, the <laughs> the. Um, the seats jerked you back and then poked you in the back when she hits yeah. the floor. That was super cool. All that was wild. Wow. Um, I would give this an X out of X. No notes. <laughs> it was great. I, I wouldn't go to every single movie like this. Like, I would pick and choose. But, like, I really had a very, very fun time. Um, there was one – I had one gripe with it. And my one gripe with the 4DX is that – Even um, squirted. I didn't get so yeah, there was no real water in it. No. Um uh spoiler alert as well as trigger warning for Saw X. There's a sequence where a woman is being assaulted and attacked mm. and um in the back of a car. And um and in the end she ends up being saved by like one of the um one of the like John Kramer's people. Um to be taken. So she's like basically saved to be tied up again. But anyway, there's this whole sequence where she's being attacked um, and, and, and attempted assault on her in a car. Um, and the 4DX was still going on during that. Like as she's struggling in the backseat of the car, like the chairs are moving and all that stuff. And and um, to me, that was a bit much and made me feel very uncomfortable that I was like experiencing this assault with her. Um, mm-hmm. uh and so, in my personal opinion, I wish that, like, there was no movement or anything during that. And then the movement and, like, came when she was potentially saved by this other entity. Um, I think that would have been maybe more appropriate. Everything else was awesome. That one, I just felt uncomfortable while watching it. And 
And quite frankly, to me, there was no meta reason to be doing that. Like, the movie was not trying to prove a point by, like, making me feel the assault. It just felt a little bit too kitschy for a very serious moment. So that's my only gripe with that movie. Um, And that's not the movie's fault, obviously. That is the design of that 4DX for that specific movie. Um, But other than that, like, I as a first 4DX experience, like, totally fun uh, and then when Zep's theme comes in and then like you're moving with the chair, it's awesome. It's very, very cool. I just can't imagine that kind of movement when you know people are going to be eating because then it feels like sure. you're eating on a roller coaster and yeah. that yeah. is just a setup for disaster. <laughs> oh, also when she's hammering her like foot and hand, the, the chairs would like move every time she made contact. It was awesome and terrible at the same time. It was great. Yeah. Definitely you know, both. I feel like it would be worth it to maybe do an episode on Salt X. Yeah, once once the strike is over, we'll yeah. definitely we'll do a lot of the stuff that we missed. I think we'll do Salt X. Um, we're gonna do Five Night at Freddy's. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll do a lot of. Um, uh, we'll we'll do the. That's when the strike ends. That's when we'll put out our our House of the Fall of Usher episodes, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but uh, yeah, but in the meantime, we can do independence of like host, like all of that stuff, like Hell Hus LLC, like we're doing today. Fantastical. Well, let's just get into wait, it. Wait, wait one oh, yes. one last thing. Yes. Oh yeah. Jamie and I went to Comic Con. Oh, of course, yes. And we, you know, we'll, we had an amazing time, but there was one spectacular highlight, which was Jamie and I went to the Shutter panel. And at the shutter panel, they talked about VHS 85 that we just reviewed. Um, And a lot of the, but it was a, it was like a best of directors panel. So they had the techno God director from um, that one. Then David Bruckner came out, who, as you all know, directed the night house, uh, directed ritual, Ritual, directed the new Hellraiser movie, but directed some of our favorite sequences from um, VHS. He did the original, um, um, uh, Amateur Night, which is the one with the siren um, from the first one. Anyway, that was awesome. Also, Chloe, okay, uh, okay what's her name? Uh, um, Akuno. Chloe Akuno, who directed Watcher, um, came out, and she obviously also directed the Ratma sequence, um, uh, Storm Hell Drain. Ratma. Hell Ratma. Jamie's favorite. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, they talked about VHS. One of the producers went on stage. One of the guy who did the Medusa segment from um, uh, '94 was on stage. Anyway, we had an amazing. And it was, who was the Who was the panel uh, host? Oh, with the um, the director of programming. The director for of programming for Shutter, who was awesome. <laughs> who was on the '99 countdown of like the 101 most memorable movie moments from horror, or whatever it is on Shutter. Mm. Anyway. We had an amazing time at that panel. But then I got up to ask a question. And I basically asked them, like, what, you know, um, um, VHS and and horror movies are just laden with subtext um, in terms of, like, dealing with contemporary themes through a horror lens. Like, what kind of themes would you want to explore moving forward in your work or in VHS? And then um, they used my question to segue into their announcement that they're making a um, another VHS next year, and it's all going to take place in space or have to do with space. So I'm, I was that 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 was one of my highlights for sure. Um, and then I got a signed poster of VHS '88 by all the directors who worked on it. So I was very very thrilled by that. That was a very cool experience. A prized possession. Have you framed it yet? 
Not yet. I, I'm, I'm going to get one. Uh, but okay. <laughs> I'm very excited for that. And then Jim and I went to the Goosebumps panel Ooh, for their yeah. Netflix show. Um, we talked with the producers on that. One of the producers actually directed the original um, Goosebumps movie Goosebumps with Jack movie. Black. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jamie and I got the opportunity to watch the first episode of the Goosebumps TV show, the one with Justin Long and stuff. They premiered yes. the whole first episode. A whole first episode? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Wait, uh, is it all I think out the now? First, yeah. The first five okay. are out. Yeah. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was great. I was very oh, surprised then, at how much we liked wait, it. Then, then at the end... Like, everyone's leaving. This is, like, the main stage panel. So everyone has to go out this, like, big door. And then there's just a slew of... Can you pull out your uh, your mask? Um, mm-hmm. A slew of the uh, of the titular... What's his name? Slappy? Yes. Oh, but, like, they, ha- they were, God. like, wearing suits and, like, had full, like... Head, it, they weren't wearing that. They had like an actual like a mask like on their ventriloquist head. looking. Yes, yes. It was terrifying, and I took some videos of them. Um, so that was uh, nightmarish. It reminded me of like the Megans, the Mathregans, yes. like all coming out to like do the dance. I feel like mm-hmm. it was very, it was very much coded Megan. So uh, I love that. <laughs> If you're watching, oh. you can also see Brian holding the sloppy mask in front of his face and giving us all nightmares. Talk about childhood traumas. Yeah. It's that. Mm-hmm. No dolls. I can't do it. There's been so many, like, evil dolls. Okay, Brian. Cool. <laughs> yeah, Brian's really. Please. <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. I made a mistake. <laughs> Brian will now be sloppy for the rest of the oh the I'm gonna, like wake up and like see slap. It's just like haunting my nightmares. No, there was one time I had porcelain dolls and I woke up and one was facing me and I said never again. <laughs> and I told my parents to put all of them in the attic. Not doing Mm-mm. it. Now we can get back to Hell House. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, Brian, you're up because we got to do a two minute plot summary of the thing. Oh yeah. Oh yes, in DVD do. Okay. All right. Are we ready? Are are you ready? Are you ready? (laughs) Never. Great. Um, So you have two minutes on the clock to give us the entire plot summary to Hell House LLC. Okay. Ready? Yes. Set. Go. So Hell House LLC. Is go. Okay, go? okay. so <laughs> Hell House. Okay, great. Can I? Okay. So, L, great. Should we start again? No? We'll keep going? Great. Um, Hell House LLC is about a group of kids um, or teen. They're not kids. Let's start over. Let's start over. I want to do over. <laughs> Let's start again. They're not children. I that kept hitting perfect. start and it was not starting. That was not my fault. I. <laughs> sure. I hit it and. I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna cut your time. Right, <laughs> no. This time, okay. Really, it's, I'm showing it You're to confirm it. that I really was doing it. Right. Okay. Ready? Yes. Set. Okay. Okay, so Hell House LLC is about a group of young adults um, who are creating a haunted house. They move their haunted house from New York to. Um, Abaddon, uh, New York, upstate New York, like Hudson River Valley. However, this is a documentary. It's a fake documentary, but a documentary. So something horrible happened at this haunted house. So 
This group is investigating kind of what happened, and they're talking to locals and people who were there that night, witnesses, as well as experts kind of on this. And they're trying to figure out. Um, however, they found footage from, they have the tapes that were given to them by one of the people who survived. Um, so um, one of the person, Di- Diane, um, survived um, and is coming forward and talking about it. So they interview her, they interview other people, but at the same time, they're editing together all of these tapes that are showing what happened. Um, Alex is the person who's leading it, um, and they're starting to set up the house. Something happened in New York that they had to move it outside of New York. We're unsure of what happened there. Um, but uh, they're setting up the house, and while they're setting up the house, creepy stuff is happening. The clown is coming to life. They're seeing things in the background. Um, one, they're kind of getting like possessed for little moments, um, and and they just keep uh, you know they just keep ignoring it. But then it all comes to a head when one of them like disappears. Literally, um, he's taken, um, and then he up, uh, comes again. And on the last night of the uh, on the first opening night, something terrible happens in the basement. Some people are killed. Um, um, uh, including all of them, they start killing themselves. Um, and um, these cult members are appearing, and we're not really sure what's happening. The clown is there. Anyway, people who worked there ended up killing themselves in their house. Long story short, we find out that Diane did not survive that night, and she came to basically feed the souls of the documentarians to the house. They go to the house, find her there, and then they're taken. End of movie. Fantastic. Uh, one quick thing. Um, her name is Sarah, not Diane. Diane is the oh, yes. Diane's the journalist. Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> Sa- right, sorry. Sarah is the name of the person who they thought survived and didn't. Diane is the name of the person who is interviewing and making the documentary. However, I should say that the cool thing about this is that somebody else put together the documentary because Diane hadn't seen the footage just yet of mm-hmm. what was happening at the. It's it's really well made, and we'll talk about that. Um, uh, but yeah, that was, um, that's Hell House LLC. And that's the plot. Fantastic. Well, let's go into our next segment of likes and gripes. And now our likes and gripes. So I know that you guys have seen this before. I know that Jamie has suggested it often, uh, in our suggestions on certain episodes. Mm-hmm. This was my first time watching this. You go first. So yeah, I you will go, go first. <laughs> okay, first off, I love how the movie just starts. There's no opening credits. Sure. It's just like, and we're here. Here is uh, footage of them driving in a car, and then it goes back and forth from like the footage, and then mm-hmm. um, just a title card. Not a title card, but... Um, a screen of like, this is what happened. We are about to talk about this Uh haunting and blah, 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 you know? And so it'll go back from like worded information to like the footage. I love that it's a combination of found footage and news reports and interviews, like a real documentary, Mm -hmm. because I did not know what to expect going into this. I just knew it was found footage. So I thought the whole thing was just going to be a compilation of found footage. Oh, okay. Sure from the night or whatever. So I was really uh, happy that it combined a whole bunch of things to make it like a real documentary. And I will say that I, at, at moments I had to remind myself that it wasn't a real documentary <laughs> um, because there was one totally. moment where 
the photographer that um, snuck in and took pictures uh, was making a comment that the minute that he saw the basement and just took a picture of the stairs, he was like, I'm not, I I decided I wasn't going to go down in the basement. (laughs) Nikisha, that's one of my quotes. Um, The quote is, I've been to a lot of scary places in my career. There was no way I was going down those stairs. And literally after he said that, I audibly said, good for you. Like it was the person who was like, I didn't, I I chose not to do this. (laughs) I think Jamie said, hell yeah. Or hell no. (laughs) Out loud. Truly. It was, it was just like such a, uh, I think how they blended everything was just so well, well done. Um, just to make you think that it's a true crime doc or like what happened in this, you know, haunted house. Also, the joke about Hitch is fucking hilarious when they were trying to talk about I Am yeah. Legend, and then she's like, oh, Will Smith, Hitch, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also love the concept of a found footage about making a haunted house, um, mm. because I don't think I've ever seen anything of that nature. It's either found footage or it's a haunted house, and just mm. the combo was uh, genius to me. And you know, I love a timeline countdown to when it was like... 31 days until opening, 18 days until opening. It's like, yes, I want to know. If we love anything here on Talking Horror, (laughs) it's rules and countdowns. Give me a movie with a countdown and rules, like like Escape Room. Like, like, that's like the perfect, like, Venn diagram of the three, the things that we three love. Absolutely. It just makes everything structurally just makes more sense. Yeah. Like now we know exactly what's happening in this time period. And then you can kind of make sense of it in your, in your brain with, even if the information is sporadic, you know, you can still kind of with a timeline, Mm -hmm. understand what's happening. Um, I, I feel like it's so much more unsettling because you are viewing it as kind of like a true crime and I also enjoy mm-hmm. the fact that you don't know exactly what happened and no one is saying, like, this is what was going on. Yeah. It's just uh, all of these things have happening. You have to make up uh, for yourself what you think it was, as well as the people who are being interviewed who are like, I really don't know. You can watch the tapes, but I can't give you a sound answer of, like, what exactly was um going on. Uh, so mm-hmm. I thought that us not knowing everything completely, um, while sometimes I am like, Oh, I want to know what's happening in this instance. It worked, uh, for me. Yeah. I think I, so I, to, to piggyback off of that, what you said, mm-hmm. Nikisha, I agree because a part of me feels as though this movie does such a good job in like presenting the facts as the characters know them. And since it's yes. a mystery, I feel like answering those mysteries in this movie would have kind of undercut like the point of the documentary in some ways. One. Mm -hmm. And then two, I also really like. So for those of you who haven't watched it and are listening to this episode, all the characters wanted to leave, like really wanted to leave. But then um, one of the lead characters who like runs Hell House LLC tells them all kind of a secret, if you will, off camera. Um, like the main, the main leader, Alex must have done something, um, but they never say what, and everybody changes their tune and stays. And we never find out what that is, which is fascinating because like, why are they so loyal? What information do they find out? But I really like that missing information. To me, that makes the movie more interesting because the characters have a secret that we don't even know about, but the Mm -hmm. documentary, the the people in the documentary can't figure that out because they've had, didn't even know because they didn't 
didn't see the tapes yet. So exactly. it's this like, weird, interesting thing um, that I really love about this movie. The mystery and the gaps in mystery um, are very interesting to me. I yeah. guess because there's also a thing of... Well, first off, I would lo- I, I want to say that you just answered my question because I thought I missed something. Oh, but no, But we no. don't know what Alex told all of them to keep them no, to stay. No, because yeah. at the beginning of the... Can I also the- say something about yeah. that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that because us watching it, like kind of what you're saying about like any haunted house where it's like you're buying into... You're, you're suspending your disbelief so far, but there's a certain point where it's like, you, if you're saying all these things are like scary, like don't do them. I don't think that anyone in the audience would be satisfied with an answer that we got of why they chose Mm. to stay. And so by not telling us, it leaves it up to our own imagination of like, what is the most compelling thing you personally could hear from someone you love and care about that would have you like supersede any of your qualms about wanting to leave. And I, I think that that is the most creative thing that they do in this, because if they tell you straight up and you're like, I, I don't care about that. Then, then the movie doesn't work. So the Mm. fact that they leave it open ended, that you are left to like, try to figure out like, what the hell, what would make me nothing? But like, you don't really know. It's like, maybe like, Maybe it's a money thing. And like they just had, there was just, they were SOL. So, like, all of that stuff, I think leaving it to our own imagination is what makes this movie even more compelling. Yeah, I agree. And also in that same realm, going back to wanting to know what's going on versus not, I think what also works for me in this is there's a difference between the characters in the movie knowing what's up and then us just not knowing as opposed Mm -hmm. to like the characters don't know what's going on and we don't know what's going on as an audience member too. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, okay, well then I'm not kind of buying into anything. Just like the last movie that we talked about, um, the dark and the wicked where Mm -hmm. the first time watch, uh, Mm -hmm. was, I don't know what's happening. They don't know what's happening. So like, I, I'm not, I can't be, I'm not that invested in, in it. But I think, like you said, sure. Jamie, this works because at least the characters know what's going on. So if I don't know, that's okay because they have their own reasonings. And it's also um, it's also not a surprise. And I mean that because at the beginning, Alex and his partner are fighting on the street. And, and we're like, why are they fighting? You know, the, his business partner. And mm. then at one point, the business partner says something else. Like, did he tell you? Oh, he told you. Like, so mm. like there is something happening. So there is that also mystery aspect of it. But like Jamie said, nothing was going to satisfy enough to make it fundamentally um, believable. So like, I like that it's both not a surprise and still kept a mystery at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, with that being said, there were still some things that I was like, y'all, what the <laughs> hell is going on? What are you doing? One of my biggest gripes about it was when... Uh, who was it? Paul was the one who really got like taken in and possessed. And he was like, he disappeared, but then they found him in the basement. And then he was like quiet the rest of the time and just Mm -hmm. like lying in bed. And my brain was thinking, there's no way that if your friend who was the chatterbox of the century uh, is now just silent after you have witnessed all of these other things that you wouldn't at least go back on the video camera tapes and see what happened to him at the least. 
you know, everything is being recorded. So it's like, no one thought to at least be like, oh, let's kind of like look back, like something must have happened, you know? So like, let's, let's like look at the tapes and see, you know. I get that. They also don't know that he was filming in his room. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like, so like there, while I agree with you, I do think that there are, there are, there are, Things I can fill in with their mindset. They're very focused on the show, on the haunted mm-hmm. house. They didn't know he was recording in his room. Um, they also thought that he was the one like pulling all these pranks on them. So they were all kind of mm-hmm. mad at him anyway. So I I can imagine in the moment those things like make you be like like let him just like sleep it off, like whatever is happening to him. But I also agree with you that like <laughs> like they saw the clown. They saw like For there's sure. a lot. I get. It, mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, and and to know that he was he was recording everything, right? Like mm-hmm. that camera was attached to him, which is why my brain goes, you know, to like I said, it, like check check the things, even though they didn't know. And I, I understand that, like they're getting ready for the stuff, and they didn't know that he was filming in his room. But like he's filming, he's filming everything, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why wouldn't you at least check? And then. When he's just lying there sleeping, I'm like, is anyone going to at least like walk up to him and see if he's even alive, <laughs> you know, because he's just like laying there, not facing anyone and the covers are, are over him. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, is somebody just going to give him a little tap, a little nudge, make sure he's still breathing, <laughs> you know? Oh. And then the other thing, which I still think, I think your explanation, Brian, of like Alex told everybody all the things. So that's what's making mm-hmm. them stay. Um, helps with this next gripe that I have, but Sarah, girl, you had a near possessed experience and you still are just going to be hanging around and just (laughs) be like, all right, cool. I'm here. You know, again, there might be that compelling circumstance that made her stay. And that was her boyfriend, Alex's her, you know, her boyfriend. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it was just kind of like, girl, what, are you doing like you have physically experienced something and people have it on camera and Mm -hmm. they don't even go into detail of like what she might have been seeing or thinking Mm -hmm. or hearing during the time where she was like kind of possessed um but it was just kind of like ah that in that moment it's like get out of dodge man like do not pass go do not collect $200 like go go home you know mm-hmm. like leave it leave it to them well I guess my question for you two before we keep going with likes and gripes is like what do you think the secret was do you have an idea of like what you think they that Alex like did or didn't do that kept everybody there loyal to him I don't know. Jamie mentioned money and I feel like that could be a part of it or he got all of them wrapped up in some type of legal something that like Mm -hmm. they would have all went down with him if something were to go left or, you know, I, I don't know. It's the all I can think of is like a legal reason, like y'all are about to go to jail <laughs> the type yeah. thing. Yeah. But I feel like if that happened, then the energy would shift because they would be mad at him, but they mm. seem more defeated in like a way that's still showing some loyalty and care towards him. I feel like Fair. if, if they, if like they were going to face like criminal charges or some other kind of like legal thing, like they would have been a lot more mad at him and, fig- and then, like, yeah. been more out for yeah. themselves of, like, 
I'm not going to let you do that to me versus like, I forget who he tells when the next scene is just him with like his head in his hands, just like, oh no, like that Mm -hmm. reaction I feel like is very, is very telling that like, I don't know if that's the reaction that I would believe if someone was facing like legal issues. Okay. Yeah. I I think some things that I thought of are like, maybe Alex spent the nest egg. They all have stake in this company and he spent everything to get him up there. So they have to make it work to make the money back. But then Mm -hmm. I agree with Jamie that everyone would be a a little bit more mad and the energy would be different. Mm -hmm. The other thing I land on is that it has something to do with like, cancer or this is his last mm. Halloween or yeah. he's dying and he's not telling anybody you know what I mean like mm-hmm. you know there there's something like he or or something to that effect or like I don't know or maybe like his 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 there's another thing like maybe his parents died recently or his mom died or something and like he's not telling people or like you know listen Alex's mom died um, but then, but then he wouldn't have that reaction in the field. I, I think I, it's something like that. But again, we're brainstorming here, and none of these things would satisfy enough, right? Because like, if they said cancer in the movie, I've been like, okay, like here's another like wild element to throw in now. But the money thing would have been like, okay, I've seen this before. You know what I mean? Like, but like the fact that we don't know what it is, like Jamie said, like now that I think about it more while we're talking this out, like really nothing would have sufficed. <laughs> nothing. No, mm-hmm. I agree. But overall, I had a wonderful time watching this. I thought it was uh, um, put together in such a uh, great way to uh, follow these people, follow the general gist of general gist general of gist. what was going on. And uh, yeah, I even though it wasn't necessarily like jumps, a lot of jump scares. It was very just unsettling because always from the first person point of view with a camera, you just don't know what you're going to get. So even if nothing uh, ends up happening, there's still that tension and anticipation of something happening that I think can um, be equivalent to just having a jump scare because you're just waiting for the thing to come, but it doesn't come. And so you're just sitting in this unsettled thing for the whole time, um, which can, you know, give you that heart rate high scale uh, uh scare so yeah i had a good time who would like to go next i can go grand i like this film uh i think i watched it for the first time with brian right yeah yeah we when did, did we watch it uh two halloweens ago la- maybe during lockdown i don't remember the first time we watched it Mm. And I can't remember how we, like, heard about it. I think we just went down a rabbit hole of, like, looking up found footage. Yeah, I think that's Mm. what it was. We were in, like, a real, like, paranormal activity world where we're, like, we have found footage. And we were, like, what are some good ones that, like, are not the usual ones? Mm -hmm. And I was, like, how have I never heard about this movie before? Like, it just, like, was never on my radar. Whereas now I feel like everyone is talking about it. Everyone has now discovered it and realizes that, like, it's a very solid found footage horror film. But like yeah. at the time I was like, and I, there was something about the, the like image that I was like, I don't know. It doesn't, maybe it doesn't look that scary and maybe that's why I wrote it off. So that was my B. Uh, don't judge a movie poster by its cover. Um, hmm. And uh, you know, here we are. But 
I I do have an affinity for found footage horror. So I really so I but that also means that like I can sometimes be hard to please. And this this yes. I feel like really hits in a very effective way. Um you know you like Nikisha said, you just kind of get right into it. And there are some where it's like the documentary style where there's so much buildup that doesn't necessarily pay off. And this is not one of those. Um, luckily you, from the get go, you are like hooked in. It's not just people like talking at you and explaining to you what, what happened or like, you know, alluding to it, you are starving off by like, this is the night that every, that the shit hit the fan. So the framing already, I think is way more engaging than some of the other found footage horror where documentary style horror, where it is a lot of people talk, like these are the experts and this is why we should listen to them. But it's like, we don't, nobody cares about that. You don't need to, like they go too hard in the documentary uh, tools, I think. And spend less time on like, what is this movie about? Like, what is the point of all of this? So I like that it just, we're getting to the meat and potatoes, if you will. Um, I fucking hate that clown. I hate that goddamn clown (laughs) so much. Uh, It's creepy. And yeah, just that mask is terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, Like the bleeding eyes and like, it's just so foreboding and like big and like a very, very scary clown. Um, I don't like clowns. I'm anti-clown all the way back from poltergeist. So like poltergeist instilled a lot of very specific fears in me. Clowns is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So are thunderstorms. I don't like thunderstorms because of poltergeist. Oh. Um, but anyway, we're so talking never, about clowns. Never go to the circus in a thunderstorm is my understanding. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a terrible uh, crossing of things. Um, yeah. 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 The clown scenes are really good. Um, the, uh, the, what, why can't I, the strobe light scene oh, yeah. is really good. Because um, yeah. a lot of the things yeah. are like, you see it, you don't really see it. Because you never really like are actively watching the clown move. You're never actively watching some of the scary things happen. Um, it's like, it's still kind of hard to see, which also then makes for like really good documentary coverage where it's like, you might not be seeing it a hundred percent, but like mm-hmm. when they go back and then they replay, they like have the still frames of the creepy guy mm-hmm. in the um, strobe light hallway. But I think even more, I, I really do hate the clown, but I think that the scariest scene is in the bedroom when the guy gets taken. Definitely. Um, and the woman is uh, in there. There's like another scene that they set it up where she walks into his room. She's the mm-hmm. only moving one um, mm-hmm. where she walks into his room and he thinks it's Sarah. He thinks it's like one of them. Yeah. And she doesn't respond to him. And he just goes back talking to himself into his camera that he has. And she leaves. Um, but like, any time and then there's a fake out where like there's another time where he's talking to the camera and nothing happens and so then this next time mm-hmm. that you get it she's already in the room he wakes up in the middle of the night oh. she's in the room just sitting there and it's terrifying when yes. you know this her 
And then when he notices her, it's like, then you get the second scare because then he's hiding under his blanket. And then you get the third scare when he lifts the blanket and she's right there in your face. And then he's just gone. It's so Um, good. Like that whole, the tension building is so excellent. They, it's wild that they get you so many times, even though you like, know it, like at that point you're like, oh my God, like. Anyone who's going to hide under their blanket, like, you're done for. You're already doomed. Mm-hmm. I already know. But, like, ugh, just the fact that she's just, like, right there in your space. Like, it feels so violating and it's terrifying. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, then then he's just, like, straight up dissolves. <laughs> he is gone. Uh, which I – sometimes I think that's weird uh, because it – like, again, there are things that are unexplained – um, I guess I don't really know what I would have wanted to happen. I don't think I would need to see like the ghost eat him or because she's gone too. They're both right. just gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, like I don't know. Where does he go? He's just like the house yeah, the ghost around him, playing, I playing the piano, being creepy on the, on the yeah. piano. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then, oh, I don't know if anybody else, I think, uh, Brian saw it and then brought it to my attention and then we watched it back. But mm-hmm. there's a scene when they reshow the footage of everyone actually going through the haunted house where mm-hmm. the guy that gets taken is sitting in the background of one of the shots yeah. and is just like dead face. So like in the scene where it's finally opening night. Um, and everyone's going to all of their spots. And then uh, the, the people who, like, made the YouTube video are walking through the house. They make it to the bar. And um, and I think they have acknowledged that – I forget the guy's – I forget what Mac. his character's name was. Mac, Mac is the one, yeah. With the head cam? <clears throat> so, who disappeared. Mac's the one who disappeared. Mac's the one who was taken in, like, um, under the blanket. Bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I so thought his name he, was Paul. Oh, Paul was, was the Paul? sound guy. Right? Because they kept yelling, like, Paul's name to look for him, right? Oh, yeah, maybe. I think they it was Paul. I think it was Paul. I think Paul is the one who was filming everything in the beginning and then disappears in his blanket. Mm. Um, but he... Uh, I forget what... Oh, they were saying in the beginning, like, he's just asleep. And yes. he's non-responsive. Um... So, so they just left him up there, but he right. somehow makes his way. I don't know if you saw it in the Keisha, but he makes his way into the bar room and they have the dummies in there, like in some of the seats. Uh-huh. And then they, they pan across towards the, um, towards the door that they're walking out of. And he's just sitting against the wall, just staring into space. And then they pan back. After they finish doing, like, it goes, like, this way and then that way. And when yeah. they pan back, he's just fucking gone. So he's literally only there for that one second. And then Genius. he's gone. Um, Genius. It's so good. <laughs> so I loved, like, all, like, it very much feels like, it gives me, like, Flanagan um, vibes where it's, like, the ghosts are in the background if you just yes. pay attention. Um, so... I really appreciated that, uh, especially as like a Flanagan fan. It's like it's it's fun. I think you it, mean Flanistan. Like, 
Yeah, I'm a Flannistan. Flannistan! That's great. I love that. Yes. Um, but no, it's like, oh, it's more fun. And, and not that it's more fun, but like you're rewarded for like paying close attention. Yes. Um, which I also like. It's like, yeah, you get a gold star for like, no, this is like, I found nice. it. Good job. Got it. Yeah. It's like, where's Waldo? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Found him. You get a background ghost and you get a background ghost <laughs> exactly. and you get a background ghost. You all get possessed. Happy Yay. birthday. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think those are like some of my favorite parts. Um, because then I kind of get annoyed a bit at the end of the movie. So like one thing that I've noticed on the second watch is like Sarah's energy when she's like doing the interview with Diane changes like significantly in the moment from when she finishes answering their questions and is like, I need to take a break and I have some water. Yep. And then they put the camera down, but the conversation still continues. And she's like, have you been into the house? And I was like, why'd she say it like that? Like, that's clearly a sign. And they're just like so in their own heads about filming this that like just the way that she's talking has been is different from how she was talking before that I was like, she's there is clearly something afoot here. Um <laughs> And it bothers me that they don't know this, that it bothers me that they decide to still break into the house um, and that they see the room labeled to see the room that she says she's staying in and they still try to go in. Awful. And that they don't answer the guy's phone call. Right. It's like you're not in a He's rush. watching the footage. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You're not in a rush. You broke yeah. into this house. Like, just answer the phone. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely, I totally agree with you, Jamie. That's such a good point. That to me, the actress in that moment is playing the twist, as yeah. opposed to just like being that character. I feel like her line delivery is the twist, and that's like that's a really good point and a bit disappointing for sure. It's I not like waiting. a big deal. It's it's more of just like because I saw it the first, like the first right. time I was like so surprised and then kind of like scrutinizing it more. It's just like, oh, it just seems like now she's like, it's very obvious mm -hmm, more mm -hmm. so than before. Um, yeah. So that that was just like, oh, OK, like, I guess that's fine. But the the movie, I think, still lands the plane. It still is delivering. Um, I also. I. I have like mixed feelings on the cult people, but I mm. guess, you know, if this was just this movie as it is, like, I think it's actually totally fine. Um, cause I think the sequel goes more into like the cult stuff a lot. Um, so I think this is fine the way that, the way that it ends and like how they deal with the cult and like not getting that much information. But like, of course, right. if a movie's going to do well, then they're like, yeah, lean into that so we can make more money. And it's like, we don't need that much more information about this for it to still be scary. But You can just, like, leave it be and yeah. let it, you know, but capitalism, you know, mm -hmm. so. Big X. But, uh, yeah, I think those are all of my thoughts. But I really like this movie. This is a really good, uh, a, a great found footage horror movie, a great found footage documentary horror movie. Um, so, yeah, you should all watch it. Nice. All right. Producer Brian. Um, I love this movie. Like, I truly love this movie. Um, 
it like Nikisha said, it feels like a real documentary. And they're genuinely learning and editing it as they're going along. And I really like that. We've mentioned it a couple of times, but I love the idea that the people who are making this documentary are not the people in the end who edited it. It's the guy who was back watching the videotapes that ended up making this movie. <clears throat> and um, that he's the for those of you who care or want to know, uh, Jamie and I have seen the second one. And the second one is about him who made the first one. Fantastic. Which, which you know, it. it seems like the natural progression of things. Exactly. I, I think that the the LLC and the title is my MVP of this. It just says so much about, like, what this movie is actually about. Um, I really like that. Also, I really like that the movie actually starts with the mystery and the YouTube attendee footage. And like, and like Jamie, you said, like... It doesn't rely heavily on exposition, but I thought all of the talking heads in this movie do a spectacular job at relaying exposition. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it never feels overwhelming or you, you don't get bogged down in it. I think that all the friend conversations are very real in this, especially when they're inspecting the house at the beginning. That whole thing is like, oh, I'm more of a Pinot Grigio man. Like, that, that's, I feel like that's stuff you would say with your friends, and, like, it made it very believable. I like them reminiscing about the Queens um, places they did in Queens and those houses because there's some, there's also a, there's also all skeptical of not doing it in New York, which I thought was interesting. But also, it seems like they weren't allowed back in New York or they couldn't do it anymore. I don't know. It was very mm. it was very interesting. Um, you know, some another secret could be like they could no longer do it in New York because of X, Y, and Z. So they have to do it out here and they have to make it successful up here if they're ever going to do it anywhere else. It wasn't Alex's fault, but Alex just keeping an information from them. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, I do like that the guys in this are both likable and gross. So you're okay with them dying, but you're not rooting for them in some ways. I feel like sometimes you're rooting for people and you're like, oh, I can't wait for this character to die. But also they're the main character, so it's like it's weird. So that balance was done really well on this movie. Um, I really like um, uh, the – there's actual stakes to what's going on. It really feels like this is very important to everybody, and I appreciated that. Fuck the clown, as we've said many times in this episode. <laughs> Fuck the yes. clown. Um, <clears throat> Jamie mentioned the light scene. The light scene is really good. Oh, I really like that they all have enough of a relationship where they think that everybody's pranking the other one. And I feel like mm. that is a gr- at least for a portion of the movie, that was enough justification to move forward to the next day or the next for week sure. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that you never hear the screams that wake them up because they're not mm. recording until they wake up. I really like that a lot. I really like that they didn't like leave a camera on and like edit that in like a paranormal activity. I like that what we see is what they see and that's why those gaps in in the the chronological aspects of the night are really interesting. Um the uh the clown heads turning when they turn back and they turn is like ugh, ugh I hate that. Gross. Um, in a good so way. So great. Um, Punch them all right in the face. I know. All of them right in their dumb clown faces. Um, uh, I I love the ending where they intercut the footage of, like, the different rooms and them, like, just, like, have them having that good time at the bar or, like, intercutting the friendship with the people at the end. I thought that was really good. Um, uh, Who I really like that... uh, 
so they get the footage. So Sarah brings them that extra footage during the, the interviews. There's a world in which some of that footage is disappearing, like to Nikisha, to kind of ju- justify why they didn't look, that they didn't see that footage while they were in there because it was disappearing. The house kind of owns that footage and then and is dispersing it and distributing it as needed. I don't know, but that's just another way to think about it potentially. Um, I like that this is kind of like a perfect millennial film in some ways. Like, it's their side hustle. They, they love horror. They're trying to, like, make this happen. They'll do it at any costs. Like, it's kind of like, uh, you know, mom and pop, like, you know, doing it all themselves. And and I, I really appreciate that about this movie. Um, so my gripes for this movie are, um, I mean, they, they, stay, they stay in the house. Like, at some point, like... <laughs> It's too much. I, I agree. But, yeah. I, but I, I think the movie does one of the better jobs of actually, as we've discussed, justifying it. Um, and to your point of justifying staying in, also justifying holding cameras. Because there mm-hmm. wasn't a moment in this movie where I was like, why are they still filming when stuff is, is happening? Like mm-hmm. we've yeah. previously um Talked about in other found footage <laughs> movies. It's like in this moment, in this case, there was never a moment where I was like, "Why are you still filming?" It's like, yeah, no, you all need yeah. to be look filming and and watching all the things <laughs> back at all times mm-hmm. uh, no, in this creepy place great, that you don't know of. Yeah, yeah, because um, it's like they're they're doing it to catch whatever is happening. Or, mm-hmm. or like using the light of the camera to help them see better, kind of thing. Where it's exactly, like, I think that, or like the first guy, Paul, who just like films himself chronically for whatever reason. But like they've established that that's like his shtick. Oh my god, I heard a scary sound. Like yes, yeah, so oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was either the, the dog next or yeah, it was either the dog next or Hell Hell's LLC. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, also, last thing, Brian, to your point of like a millennial things, that just made me think. So this was set in 2008, right? Even though the movies uh, came out in 2015. But I just want to say the clothing vibe was absolutely 2008 because one of the actresses definitely looked like she was Abercrombie and Fitch down uh, in her outfit. (laughs) And I was like, this is, yeah, this is what I was uh, wearing going to college. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, my other two gripes are if I, I don't believe that they would have chained uh, that actor up and then cut her um, mm. costume off, that all would have been done beforehand and then they would have chained her up and whatnot. That really bothered me from like a. I also like, don't think they would have chained her up in yeah. a real haunted house. Like she has to have a way to get out herself, even though they yeah. had the sign there. Yes. She's yes. got to get out. That's what I, that's like the, probably the biggest gripe is like, there's no world or they would have been like fake chains, not real chains. Like right. then you just pump in like clink clanging sounds. If you need it to sound like she's like, Ooh, right. like yeah. very, very easy. Did not need to actually chain this person. Um, and the last thing, my biggest gripe of this movie is there's a moment where he's on the, the second floor balcony filming like the actors coming for the first time and him talking to them outside and it's raining and they have umbrellas. 
on what planet would orientation be outside in the rain and not at least like invite them into the living room? The, to me, that was clear, like director, I need an interesting compositional shot versus mm. like actual, like what would happen? Because like mm-hmm. if you were bringing your actors in for the first time, like at least you would say like, here, come under these underhang under the porch or yeah, like, the pool, like the porch. they're just like standing in the rain, like being like, Hey, so this is how this works. It's like, no, what are mm-hmm. you doing here? Like, that's insane. So that's a gripe. So, <laughs> yeah, um, and we I had questions for you all, but uh, you you already answered all of them for me, so that oh, was great. really great. You're welcome. They know, thank you. <laughs> um, and then the quotes I have are: "It smells like money." Mm-hmm. Um, welcome to Lucifer's cabin. Yes. And in reference to the satanic stars in the basement, no, that shit's OG. <laughs> Which was so wild. It's like literally them making the point of, oh, well, they've done half the work for us. Like, we don't even have to really make this spooky because it's already spooky. It's like anytime you see any occult symbol, satanic shit that's like just been there before you got there, that's a clear sign that you need to find some someplace else. Get a witch doctor or something or just completely (laughs) find find another place. I don't know. A witch witch doctor? I don't know. Paranormal activists, you know. Uh, yes, excuse me. Where are our local paranormal activists? We call upon you, please. One hundred percent. fantastical. All right. Anyone have anything else for our likes and gripes before we move on? Fantastical. Okay, let us go into mm, brains. Mm, so many tasty. brains. <laughs> Which, what was I watching? Oh, that was Gen V. Speaking of uh, insides on the outside, if, you, if that is your vibe, Gen V. Because I was thinking about mm, brains, and I saw something that somebody's brains was coming out of their mouths, and it was in that TV show. Mm. <laughs> okay, so my first question, Jamie, for you is, why do you think, in your humble, um, educated opinion, why do you think haunted houses are so successful? Like, why do people want to be scared? Because we're all little weirdos. I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> oh, oh, we're all little. We that all is my mad. professional opinion. Um, yes. I mean, I do think it's something that I've shared before of like, why do I lean into things that are scary? Because like, it's something I have control over as somebody with anxiety where it's like, Oh, these feelings are happening to me. I have no control over this. Make it stop. Um, (laughs) I like to watch scary movies because it's like, I'm choosing this and, and like there's a direct cause of what is causing this sensation for me. And, and like, can I overcome it? And, you know, what to what degree am I like in control of this? Like, I think mm-hmm. a lot of it has to do with like control. Um, I think like obviously going to a haunted house is uh, <clears throat> maybe an escalation compared to like watching a scary movie from the comfort of your home. Yeah. Um, because again, it's like you're choosing to walk into this space where like anything can happen um, mm-hmm. within limits, unless you go to that like really wild one. Um, I forget what it's called, like McKamey Manor or something. That's oh, like, don't talk about it. I'm going to talk about it later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Done. Um, <laughs> but I think that, uh, yeah, it's like how can people, how can people like 
face the things that they're scared of and then like it also helps them like gain a level of control that they might not otherwise feel um Mm -hmm. but yeah I mean I still have anxiety so all the haunted houses really aren't helping but uh I like to think that they are making me braver moment by moment and I have not yet accidentally punched anyone in a haunted house so that also feels like a win where I'm always worried about what my like (laughs) what my reaction is going to be from being Mm -hmm. scared. But I feel like a lot of times uh, I'm scared, but not in like a jump scared way in real life. So I've never like instinctively just been like, stay away and like clocked somebody in the face. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I feel like that it's never my intention to punch Well, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm here like ready to punch everybody all the time. So (laughs) you're practicing on a regular basis to get ready to punch But to your point, I feel like in a haunted house situation, I would never, that wouldn't be my reaction because I know in this controlled environment that I'm safe. Sure. Yes. And so I can, I can feel free to just scream because I know that nothing is actually going to happen to me. But if I was in a real life situation where I was in danger, I think that my first, I would hope I'm trying to build up that my first instinct would be to like punch the shit out of, you know, whatever and get away, Mm -hmm. not sit and scream, but it's knowing in your mind that you are safe, you know? And so there, you, you don't have to have, you don't have to have a reason for your, um, guard to be up in that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I do, I think that one of the scariest things about this movie is when, when everything starts to go wrong and mm -hmm. there's like the panic because, and I think I'm thinking about it more, especially having just returned from Comic-Con, where, like, this con just continues to get busier and busier each year. And I'm starting to get to a place where I'm getting more nervous about being in a space where, like, tens of thousands of people are walking around. Mm-hmm. And and you're you're pretty, like, in close quarters. It's, it's not easy to walk around this space. So the idea yeah. that, like, if something bad happens, which, like, you know, my anxious brain is thinking on a regular basis. Um, mm-hmm. all, like the intrusive thoughts I'm having is like, if something happened, like, would we all like, would this be like a crushing situation? Like what the hell would happen? Or even the fact that like, you know, my, my, my gripe with Comic-Con is they don't open all the doors to the Javits Center when they are shuffling people in. So they're literally corralling everyone through the farthest end of the mm-hmm. entrance to come in. And again, mm-hmm. it's like, if something were to happen, like that's definitely not safe to not have all the doors open. Anyway, I get, I say that because when everyone's trying to leave the haunted house, they all have to like shuffle their way backwards out of the house. Mm-hmm. And, um, because they're supposed to come out of the, the basement. Uh, yeah. The other basement door. But for yeah. some reason, like they can't, And then some people are going up backwards. And then Mm -hmm. some people at the end, you see, they're directed out of one other exit. But then the door abruptly shuts and they go a different way. And then I don't even remember what happened to those people when they're trying to leave. But, like, yeah. So, like, a lot of that happening scares me. Absolutely. I agree. It's You don't know in those situations, like, what could happen, especially if there's not a lot of exits. 
Mm-hmm. Or if you don't like in the haunted house, you don't know where the exits are. You only know yeah. the one. Then it's just kind of like creepy, which is why I do appreciate in some haunted houses they do. You can see like the emergency exit signs as you're walking through. So like just in case you need to get out of there, like there's mm-hmm. a, um, doors illuminated so that you can see. Um, but yeah, in that situation, it's like, what do you do? And then that's when your people are crushed because people are yeah. all trying to step over each other, trying to get out. Which is really it's, like that is very frightening. scary, like yeah. very very scary. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. New fear unlocked, I being know. crushed. Okay, my uh, last question that I have is: so people who like an Alex who thinks up these things for these haunted houses, people who write horror novels or horror films, do you think that being in that headspace for a long amount of time could um, take a toll on one's mental health, thinking about such kind of um, torture and danger and, and scary and harmful things. Yeah, that's really interesting because, like, you're you're putting yourself in this position to think about these, like, very disturbing things. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think, like, with a lot of things, mm-hmm. focusing on striking some kind of balance of like, what are you doing after? Like, are you taking breaks? How are you taking care of yourself? Like, mm. you know, cause uh, something else that's wild in this movie that actually is also a huge gripe is like, why do they have to live in this haunted house? Yeah. Right. So then there's the idea of like, they're trying to create this, <clears throat> this atmosphere that's scary and they're in it all the time, 100% mm-hmm. of the time. And then on top of that, like, then the real scary stuff happens. But it's, like, even even without that, like, who wants to who wants to live where they are also working? You're exposed to this all of the time. Um, like, you never yeah. have time for a break. I think they even make a joke about, like, there are no breaks. Um, like, th- there's no downtime here. Like, we're just yeah. working until this happens. So, like, they are kind of burning themselves out and and like surrounded by this stuff all the time so I don't think that that's necessarily like a sustainable approach especially when like the content that you're dealing with is pretty heavy um Mm -hmm. so like that's something I think to be super mindful of in terms of managing your mental health if you're like if you're thinking about these like conjuring up these scary thoughts and images and things like that for the for the purpose of work but it's also like how are you then taking time for yourself? Maybe you are still thinking about these things. Maybe there's something that brings you a source of comfort, but like, I would just say in general, like making sure that you're taking time for yourself to decompress and like practice self care, um, do things to unwind, um, all of that. So, so that you're able to like create better work life boundaries, um, that I think that can like help protect your mental health. I guess the same could also be said of like actors who have to portray these kinds of people in movies. It's like making sure that you have that differentiation between work and life and who you are and who the character is so that you can Mm -hmm. have a better balance to be able to move through things. Because there's interviews with some actors who really take a long time to come back to themselves and have to, you know, self-isolate in order to be able to come back to themselves because they uh, have put themselves mentally in such a um, chaotic space to try to um, have a, a specific result 
uh, for this movie. And um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting how much our own brains can conjure up things that can change a lot about, you know, how we act and, and behave, uh, especially with specific images such as that that are so just scary and yeah. unsettling, to say mm-hmm. the least. For sure. Grand. Also, just speaking on, and uh, Jamie's already said it, so I'll say it, like, McKamey Manor documentary that's out on Hulu, that was going to be my suggestion uh, for this. Mm. But I, I haven't seen all of it. I've just seen, um, I'm going through it now. But I... If you do watch it, Jamie, I'm interested in your thoughts on it because they have a um, mental health professional on there talking about why she thinks some people uh, like to do those things. And I don't want to summarize or even paraphrase what she said because I want you to hear like her exact words. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I would love to hear your thoughts about it. But it, um, it was interesting because one of the people that they interview in the McKamey documentary is someone who was uh, serving in the Iraq war. And so he was looking for something that could be the equivalent of how he felt when he was uh, over in Iraq, which was very interesting uh, to me. So if you ever decide to watch that, I would love to hear. I I don't know if I even want to watch it because like, I don't, I don't even want to give them more attention because, like, Fair. I just think what they're doing is super fucked up. Yeah. Um, it's just, like, torture. They're just torturing it, people mm-hmm. and then calling mm-hmm. it a haunted house. Mm-hmm. And then saying that they will give you – there's a prize, so they're incentivizing it. Mm-hmm. The, I forget what the prize money is. But it's like only, no like, $27,000 only, but $27,000. Sure. <laughs> but, like, no one's been able to, like, successfully make it – uh, because they just do whatever they can to like torture people into not finishing it. I saw exactly. something, I saw some of it come up on like TikTok and like a bunch, like every so often I get like a whole slew of TikToks about it. And then yep. I like need to recalibrate my algorithm. Cause I'm like, I just don't, I, I don't want to give this more attention because like, it just makes me really mad, um, that people, it, it just feels like p- taking advantage of people and like mm-hmm. they like don't they like don't take any money. They only accept like cans of dog food, like whatever. Right. It, they're taking advantage of people. I think that it's really awful. And um, yeah, I don't want to like give them any more anything. I just looked it up. The waiver is twenty three pages long. Yeah, yeah. It's like in, like they can they can throw poop at you. They can pull out. They your can teeth. take out your teeth. Yep. They can waterboard you. Yeah. They can cut you. They can hammer you. Um, they can cut your hair and mm-hmm. shave your head. Um, like they, you're signing a consent form for them to like literally torture you and do whatever they want to you. It's not worth it. No, because nobody ever wins. Like, and even if people get close to it, like you said, Jamie, they just keep torturing you until you don't win. Yeah. So, like, there's no incentive of like wanting you know you to get out of it. You know. Yeah. That's Um, a that's a big no. Thank you for me. Yeah, but there are some people whose mindset is, and I think what to your point, Jamie, of you were talking about. so you think that haunted houses are an elevated sense of like w- sitting and watching a horror movie, right? So mm-hmm. it's like you can watch a horror movie, you're in the comfort of your own home, it's controlled, and then like a step up is like going to a haunted house. Like you still are safe, but you're still feeling that like 
sense of uh, safe danger or whatever. And then there are people yeah. who want to take it 10 steps ahead and actually be in a haunted, in, in, in a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's wild that there are some people who, even with all of that waiver signing, are still just like, this is what I want to do. And that there are people who are manipulating others into doing this haunted house and, mm-hmm. you know, saying that there's so many, there's a wait list for this. There's not a wait list. People, people don't want to be tortured. It's literally like whoever just wants to do it, at least is how this yeah. documentary is explaining it. It's like, there's not a wait list. Like anyone who wanted to do it, like did it, you know what I'm saying? Like it's wild, wild yeah. and crazy kids. But yes, if you ever decide one day, just because I just really wanted to hear your opinion about the mental health professional and how she was explaining why people would want to do the things. And she was using some language that I don't know, because I'm not a mental health professional. Mm-hmm. But um, maybe I'll just like send you that clip. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious. All right, let's do yes. some Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. Rotten Tomaten. Rotten Tomaten. Okay, what do you think Hell House LLC has on Rotten Tomatoes? What percent? Um, uh, Jamie, what do you think? 71. All right, Nikisha? Mm, 85. It has a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, Um, um, It does not have a... um, like a consensus. Um, however, okay. the average audience score is 72%. Wow. Okay. Um, uh, what do you think this movie averages on Letterboxd? Again, as a reminder, it's one through five, and you can have decimal points. Um, what do you think this has on Letterboxd? 3.7. 3.5. This has a 3.1 on Letterboxd. Um, it's like 3.08 that they rounded up to 3.1. Sure. <laughs> sure. Whatever. Whatever, brah. Okay. Um, cool. Now, should we do um, the four S's? Yes. Yes. Skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> All right. The four S's are skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. We are going to go through and rank them one through ten. Um, one being the lowest, ten being the highest on skulls, which is how we thought they had dealt with a human behavior and mental health. Um, scares, how scary was it? And shakes, can you shake it off? Will you remember it? Um, Jamie, let's start with you. Yeah. So for skulls, I gave this a 6.5. Um, lowered some points because I don't think I would live in a haunted house if I was working there. And they should have left way earlier. Yes. Uh, for scares, I'm going to give this movie a seven. This movie really scares me. Um, I, I I don't like clowns. I don't like things in the dark. I don't like the dark. Uh, it just, it's full of, I don't like Satanists. Sorry. Um, <sighs> sorry all. <laughs> I guess more cultists. Those are bad. Uh, but all, there are so many elements in here that like are very terrifying to me. A lot of the jump scares I think are very well executed and like very unsettling. 
Mm-hmm. Um, for shakes, I'm giving this a six. Um, because I think it's like a really solid scary movie that I have underestimated. And then every time I watch it, I'm like, what? why Why did I underestimate this? Bruh? That's what I say to myself in my own head. Sometimes she says it out loud. <laughs> With the bruh included? Yeah. Bruh. It's my favorite. Yeah, bruh. <laughs> uh, what yeah, about bruh. you, Nikisha? Bruh. Yeah, I'll give a five for the skulls. Uh, like Jamie said, get out of the house and check the tapes. Scares, I'll give it a six because it was just very unsettling, uh, especially with the uh, way that it was presented as a doc slash found footage. And then Shakes, I'm going to give it a seven. Um, I really had a good time watching this, and I think that I will remember uh, remember it a lot in my found footage catalog now. Cool. Um, my Skulls is a six. Same reasons as you. My Scares is a seven, same reasons as you, uh, but My Shakes is a nine. I think this is a mm. great movie. I think this is one of the best found footage. I think it's just, and I and I actually think that Jamie nails it on the head with like, Ooh. oh, be careful. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, no. Um, Too much. 4D. Ah. <laughs> or YouTube to find out what actually happened. Nothing. Spoiler, nothing. Um, no, but... Um, I think that it's one of the better found footage, and and I think that Jamie uh, knocked it out of the park with the comment about the fact that any information that was given to us wouldn't have been good enough, so keeping that information, that's what makes this movie great. Um, Mm -hmm. And the way that they organized the the tapes coming in halfway and someone edited the whole thing before and, like, afterwards, I like that. That's a nine for me. Um, uh, My suggestion for this is... um, uh, I have two suggestions. It's the original and a sequel. Um, Horror in the High Desert uh, and then Horror in the High Desert 2 Minerva. Uh, they are not as good as this movie, but they are fake horror documentaries um, that I think have some really excellent moments in them. Um, and so I like the second one better than the first one, but to appreciate the second one more, I think you do have to watch the first one. Um, mm. so, uh, uh, horror in the high desert one and two, those are my suggestions. Nice. Jamie. Um, I only put Gonjam Asylum. Um, yeah, great. Oh, yeah. because it's great and it's, uh, yeah, it's not like full, uh, documentary, but still has like the found footage it has like live streaming elements i like that it gets a little creative with like the found footage stick um mm-hmm. and it's just like a great haunted location yes nice good one that's a great movie yep i have not i have not seen that one. Oh my god Neither. you have to watch it okay <laughs> <laughs> Fantastical. And of course, mine was the McKamey Manor doc on Hulu, if you want to watch it. But yeah. also, just thinking of docs, horror docs in the teary, wow, in the TV series. I was putting those words together in the teary's mm-hmm. TV series mm-hmm. Swarm. There's an episode where it's a full documentary of like what has been happening in the previous episodes. And it makes you think that like what was happening wasn't fiction and that this is like a real documentary in the middle of this uh, series. And so. It's really fun if you haven't watched uh, Swarm, which is also Amazon Prime, I believe. Hmm. Uh, it's a good, it's a good TV series to watch. Horror series, fantastic. 
Well, I think that wraps up our episode of Hell House LLC. You can follow us on the Instagram, the Twitter, the TikTok, at TalkHorrorPod, P-O-D. And Brian, where can they listen to us? You can listen to us wherever you get podcasts. You can use your um, YouTube podcasts. You can use Spotify. You can, of course, use Apple Podcasts. Uh, Rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And um, thank you. Thank you. Woo. Brian, you want to list off some quotes for us? No, that shit's OG. <laughs> some of you say tannic symbols. Tapes, I hate bro. them all. Check the tapes, brah. Check the tapes, brah. Check the literally hashtag check the tapes, brah is the thesis statement. For check this, the tapes, brah. Mm-hmm. Answer yourself. Fantastic. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.